And that should do it. Both are safe for normal travel. <gasps> Thank God. H. Gray and this Talbot would have been objected. What about Miss Sanders? Miss Roxanne, too? He explained this already, Eli. As patients, they would be confined into the halls, just as before. If you want to visit them, I will take you. But not right now. Confined to halls and confined to rooms are two separate things. Yes, of course. Don't let us take any more of your time. Be good, Eli. Only when others are looking. Ha! In that case, Mr. Donahue, keep an eye on him. Fine. I make no promises that it'll be my eye. I like you. Bye, Greg! Phew! Glad that's over! And everything worked out! Not everything. I have questions. Oh, okay. Before you start, you already know I'm bad at explaining things. By the way, Greg told me what exposition means. Also, H. Gray said not to say anything. Well, not like anything, anything. Just some stuff like the halls and stuff. He made some points when he explained it. I can't really remember all of them, but like, so one of them- Stop. <sighs> First question, about this rug. I know we must keep it. However, can we cover it up? It's honestly atrocious, and I'm not sure how much longer I can stomach it. <laughs> what? You worry too much, little one. Yes, I have other questions. However, if you need a moment to calm down or collect your thoughts, that is fine. We have known each other for some time now. Your nervous energy, although endearing at first, is unneeded. As I said, I trust you, Eli. Huh? Yeah. Yeah! You're right! Thanks, Mr. Donahue! I'm not used to someone... You don't treat me like a kid. That means a lot. And you know what? We did great, didn't we? That we did. You and I make a great team. Yeah, okay. I think I'm ready now. Ask your questions, and like you said, no need to get all nervous. Plus, we are safe now. Ah! Oh, for the love of God. Talbot, Donahue, I need you to come with me now. I can't explain. Eli, what are you doing here? I told you to stay home. So, I tried. I really did, but... We can talk about this later. We need to leave. Now. Where's Talbot? Wait. The anchor? How? The janitor helped us. You could have given us an actual warning, you know. Perhaps warn us that nightmares would be unleashed? You went into the halls? How did you survive? Oh, hold on. The power went out at some point. Eli, did you? I know you said not to... Eli! Oh, hush. What now? How many times... I grew up in the city. I know all about Super Eli. I actually think I'm going to go with Sparkles. Fine, whatever. Point is, if Eli had listened to whatever advice you gave him, I would be dead. He saved my life. So, can we please drop the charade? I'm sorry. I didn't know. Talbot, is he... He's fine. At least according to that Greg fellow. I am not. Fine. Charles. How much of that did you hear? Something about a charade. I, I wasn't really listening. Now is not the time, Mr. Gray. H. Gray. Charles, you're bleeding. Please, sit. Here. Use this chair. 
we're going to throw it out anyway. I, I'm fine. It looks worse than it is. N- not the point. We have to leave. I-, I was stabbed by some intruder. Here, let me patch you up. Bandages? Why do you... I get injured a lot. Take off the shirt. Was it just the shoulder? What? I- I'm not good. Hold on. We have intruders. Shouldn't we... Intruders? All right. Uh, security took care of the problem. Let me dress your wound. <laughs> fine. These intruders, what did they look like, Charles? I think I know. I've been hallucinating. Um, I'm sorry. What? Uh, Two of them, uh, maybe more. Uh, Some tall guy and a skinny guy with a knife. They've been chasing me for, uh, I don't know how long. I can't be sure. I've been seeing things, hearing things. Uh, One was, well... Look, ow! A little warning next time. Sorry, gotta make sure it's tight. We should get you to the hospital. The wound isn't bad, but I'm not a doctor. Plus, if you're seeing things, might as well get that checked out, too. What? No. I'm sorry, but just no. You think you have been seeing things, Charles? What about us? Giant insect creatures? Juliet Sanders and her ghost... thing? Juliet? Not now. Uh, yeah... A gas leak, or maybe the intruders use some sort of aerosol that... Nope. That's it. Let's all just calm down. We don't have time for this. We don't have time for... <sighs> Charles, you have got to be the most stubborn man I have ever met. I get this is hard to wrap your head around, but how can you be so... Dense. Excuse me? Yes, yes. Very intimidating, Charles. Set your ego aside for just a moment. I normally find your naive, stubborn nature quite charming. Naive? I did not just spend the last, what, two, three hours running for my life just so you can be... you. We should shelve this, at least until... That's exactly the problem, isn't it? We keep shelving things just out of reach from sweet Charles, just like these accursed files. Donahue! Just stop. I did not just escape monsters, a ghost, death itself, and more just so you can talk yourself back into your ideal of what normal is. I don't understand. Of course not. That's exactly the problem. I'll speak slowly so you can understand. You are not hallucinating. What you and everyone else here experienced today was real. Do you understand? Real. That's literally not possible. I don't like your tone either. If they did some sort of aerosol, could it affect uh, temperament as well? Oh my god, there is... Fine. Let me make this easy then, shall we? What is the name of the country we are in, Charles? What kind of question is that? Donahue, we don't have to do this now. You know what? Let's make it easier. What state are we in? No! Even better, name the city. What? It's a simple request, Charles. Name the city. You don't have to answer him, Talbot. No, I need him to. It shouldn't be a difficult question to answer. What is the name of the city we are currently in? Fine. I don't see the point in this, but it's... It... Uh... uh, That's not a... You can't, can you? It doesn't have a name. That's ridiculous. Of course it does. It has to. Then what is it? 
Where in the world are we right now, Charles? Can you even answer that? If you had to point on a globe right now, where would you point? I don't know, okay? Is that what you wanted to hear? That doesn't mean there isn't one. Where are you going? I don't know. The hospital, home, wherever. You can't walk away from this, Charles. Let him go. He needs time to process. Don't touch me. You wanted to open the door for Talbot. I get it. Hell, you kicked it off its hinges. Talbot is obsessed with everything being in its place. Every paper has a folder and every folder has a box. A man like that, a man like Talbot, his mind could snap. Trust me, I've seen it. Now that he knows, you didn't just open the door for him, but you opened the door for all sorts of nightmares to hunt him. Get to your point quickly. He needs time, and you need to cool off. I'll follow him and make sure trouble doesn't find him. That's acceptable. I hope you know what you're doing. <sighs> so do I. You don't have to pick those up, Eli. It's my mess. I'll clean it up. I don't mind. We're friends, right? Friends help each other clean up messes. I think it'll take more than just me and you to clean up the mess I made today. Yeah, that was a lot. I'm sorry you had to see that. Don't be. Friends also argue. Honestly, if it makes you feel better, I agree with you. I wasn't going to get involved in your and Mr. Talbot's... Discussion? Hmm. Anyway, he needed to know. You were just trying to help. Maybe. What happened to door? H. Gray. That makes sense. I'm not fixing that. I'm the janitor, not the door fix guy. Why is everyone so upset? What happened? He asked Mr. Talbot to name the city. Oh? That is an unfair question. It didn't go well. That's an understatement. Honestly, I'm not even sure it will stick. He might just slip back into denial. Ah, so you feel that even if he rejects the city's nature, it won't reject him. Perhaps this will help. Now, where is it? That's the pile of books Charles cleared when he was removing the shelves. Why would you... Wait. Ah! Here we are. A cassette? That's great, but I don't see how that helps with my Charles problem. Play it for him. Why? What's on it? A uh, surprise. I wouldn't listen to it too much. This tape could, uh... You know what, it doesn't matter. I'm 70% sure you'll be fine. 70? Fascinating. Also, what happened to my office? Are you sure he's gonna show? 100%. Better than 70. Charles has never been late. According to the schedule he made for us, he should be walking through that door any moment. No amount of horrifying realizations could deter him from his sacred schedule. Everyone clear on the plan? Nope! What plan? Perfect. What plan, Donahue? Oh, um, you're all here. You fixed the door. Well, since I broke it, I fixed it. 
<laughs> that explains why you're on time. Good morning, Charles. How did you sleep last night? What a silly question! He slept lying down, of course! <laughs> we have work to do. Whose turn is it to read first today? About that, you may be happy to know we came across one of Dr. Olin's tapes. Perhaps we could give that a listen? <sighs> if this is your way of getting out of work... No, no, I promise it isn't like that. Tell you what, if it turns out to be nothing, I'll read a file. According to your task chart that you emailed us, printed out, and posted in this very office, and these laminated copies you handed us, today was supposed to be your turn. Alright. Sure. Honestly, my shoulder is still a bit sore, so... Fine. Fantastic. Let me just switch the tapes. You click on that record button, aren't you? Let it be noted that I am with subject number 45371B, a Class X Category EC. We are in my office. It is currently... late. Oh, what's wrong, Doctor? Afraid of the dark? Hardly. Can we make this quick? I have actual patients who need my attention. Oh, don't be like that. Where is that bedside manner? Reserved for my actual patients. Oh, I'm not. It has become painfully clear that you don't want help. This is a waste of both our time. <laughs> and you only help those who want it, do you? I'll be ignoring the prison you're tucked away. Call it what you like. Some monsters are a danger. Not only to themselves, but others as well. This institution is a place of healing. Many of those here are because they want to be here. Many, but not the majority. Am I not a danger to myself or others? <sighs> of course you are. As you know, I haven't been able to construct a room designed for you. When I do... You flatter me. I've stalked your room many times. They have so much fear. Even your precious volunteers, your willing prisoners, it's delicious. We are not having this conversation. You are not my patient. We are done here. Oh, come now, my good doctor. Let's have some fun. I trust that you can see yourself out. Caliban. Who? My name. Last we spoke, you said it was important. If I remember correctly, you laughed and said you were being beyond the need for names, for all know you, or something to that effect. Well, I changed my mind. Am I not allowed to do that? Why Caliban? Why that name? Oh, I don't know. I like it. Simple. Very well. If we are going to do this, please, take a seat. <laughs> take a seat. You forget, my dear doctor. I am the dog itself. Shadow given life. Fear of the unknown. I am far. Ever present 
where shade is cast. I am the end. Long-winded. Disembodied voices may work on your victims, but if you want a session, then you will take form. Happy. It's a start. Let's begin, shall we? Dr. Gavin Olin, recording for Clear Minds. I am sitting here with Subject 45... I'm sorry. I am sitting here with Caliban. The date remains subjective. This is Session 14. Last session, we talked about the importance of identity, correct? Identity is for mortals. I am the embodiment of darkness. I feed on fear. I delight in the anxiety of others, dread. Your notion of identity is a barbaric attempt to fathom your place in this universe and that which lies beyond. You limit yourself by claiming a title, by clinging onto a sliver of so-called knowledge. Identity is a farce. Yet you choose the name Caliban. And why did you think I asked you to do that? Why did I insist that you take form? The Shade, Darkness Incarnate, Erebus, the Avatar of Shadows. Are these not titles? A mantle you inherited from your father. True, the fear of the unknown and dangers that therein lie have always existed. However, you have not. From a relative standpoint, this is new to you. By your kind standards, you're young. I have been around for millennia. I am not young. If I remember correctly, you said that your father ruled the realm of the Dark for. I didn't come here to talk about my father, you sniveling, weak-minded, fleshy mortal. Why did you come here today? <sighs> Let's start with your most recent victim. What happened? Ha! Now we're getting to the fun part of our little sessions. Feel free to shudder with fear, Doctor. I'll keep that in mind. I am what all living things fear in the dark. I hide and lurk in every shadow. My methods of hunting my prey are wide and varied, limited only by the imagination of my victims. To some, I am a figure always just in the corner of their eyes. To others, I am the wailing and growling in the walls. I am a monster under the bed, the demon in the mirror. I cannot be stopped. I cannot be contained. All of creation is my hunting ground. All are my food. I have tormented, tortured, and killed so many times. And in so many ways, I have loved every second of it. 
accept once my latest victim, Stella Naoma, a frail human, deep brown hair and ice blue eyes. She was short, shorter than the typical mortal of her age. Her features were rounded, and freckles danced across her skin. A perpetual smile found its way onto her face and into her eyes. She moved like she was part cloud. Each movement was light and carefree. It was as if the force of gravity had little effect on her. So in summary, disgusting. As you know, with all of my victims, I take my time. I stay just out of sight and out of mind. I stalk them for days, weeks, years. I hide within seas of darkness, sailing between them. The dark cracks of a doorway under the canopy of clouds between each raindrop. Wherever a smidge of shadow may reside, that can be my ship. My crow's nest in which to observe and wait to pounce. Stella! Oh, now she was never short of places for me to crawl around. She worked at a bookstore, someplace small and unimportant. The store was owned by her aunt and uncle, which were in of themselves boring. Even by human standards, they could have been her grandparents by appearance. They were slow and groaned with each movement. Their senses, falling away from them like leaves in autumn. So basically, they were my ideal victims. Sick, old, and losing their wits. Perfect. Nothing better than the cries and screams of the old. Yet you chose to hunt Stella. Why? You had not one but two of your preferred victims. So why her? She was infuriating. My original intention was to hunt the old pair, as you might have guessed. At first, she was nothing but a backdrop. A busybody in the store, an inconsequential object to be ignored. She was always bright and cheerful, dreadful, ugly qualities to have. She would flash that smile at every customer. And you could tell it was not some facade 
or trick to siphon tips. It was genuine happiness. It wasn't just how she handled the faceless patrons either. She was always so patient with her old and near senile family. Gently, she would pick up things they had dropped. Her frail human hands would pluck books that were out of their reach. In a kind, genuinely kind tone, she would remind them of everyday tasks that they would have likely missed. Taking medications, eating, things of that nature. Not once did she get frustrated. Not once dismissive. Even when she was alone. When she thought she was alone. Her actions were maddening. Always smiling at nothing. The way she would twirl her hair between her fingers when she was in thought. That little extra hop in her steps when she got excited about a new shipment of books. Maddening? Are you sure? What else would it be? I tried to push her from my thoughts as I stalked through the old and near-rotting building. Her aunt and uncle lived above the little bookstore, but Stella did not. When the shop closed for the day, I was finally able to rid myself of her distractions. At first, it was like any other hunt. I started slow. An old creek of the wood here. A moved object there. I would knock a book off a shelf and replace it before they came hobbling down. I would watch as they searched for whatever loud thump woke them from their slumber and never find it. Then they would lay awake, unable to get any proper rest. I made sure of that. You've walked me through your process plenty of times. You're stalling, Caliban. Tell me about Stella. As I hunted, slowly magnified the old human's fear, I began to lose interest. Each night, as it is often wont to do, day would arrive. Each day, she would skip into work and become more distracting. How? I'm not sure exactly. Perhaps she is some sort of witch. Her actions remain the same, predictable and routine. Her presence, however, oh, she was like a beacon. The warm light cut through my work, my hunt. So, I switched my prey. She could not be allowed to have such slights against me. After she closed shop, instead of returning to my little game, I followed her home. Her house was nearly as disgusting as she was. 
It was a small home. A hovel, really. It was filled with plants that she gave tender attention to. She wasn't a messy human by any standard. But she wasn't exactly neat and organized. An odd dress slung over and on the couch. A few dirty and rinsed dishes at the bottom of her sink. Stacks of books creating small mountains by a bay window. A tea kettle left out because it was used often. The whole sight was... Sweet? Endearing? No! I struggle to find a word, but it certainly isn't either of those. Whatever feeling I get from the mere memory is... This is vexing. Sometimes emotions are complex. Stop trying to find a singular word for it. Describe how you feel. If... if I had a chest, it would feel like... that thing you humans call a heart. It would be... fluttering. Like it is trying to burst from my very being. Each memory of her and things connected to her makes me feel lighter. My thoughts are in a daze, but there is something else there too. A pain, a sharp but dull pain. Like how I would imagine a knife feels as it's being twisted. I am sure that witch put some sort of curse on me. Oh, one might call it that, I suppose. You know of this? Most humans do, at some point anyway. Tell me how to rid myself of it. What dark ritual must be performed to lift such a thing? Tell me, Doctor! The methods are different per individual. First, tell me more. What happened next? Oh, exactly what you would expect. I began my hunt. Each night, when darkness was at its pinnacle, I started the work, slowly building her fear. At first, small acts would be written off as a mere coincidence. I began to escalate. A tea kettle going off in the middle of the night. A chair sliding across the floor as her attention was deep into some book. A door slamming shut in her face moments before she attempted to enter. Once, I got her to run from her very home. The very place she should have felt safe. That didn't have the usual sadistic tone. It's the damned curse! Even then, I felt it. Each action I did swelled her anxiety. And with it, so was this pain. This... Regret? Perhaps. I knew I would have to accelerate my process. I wanted this regret to end. So, as is often done, 
I waited until she inevitably came back. This time with a friend. They burn sage. Humans always make me laugh. What is some dry plant litter blaze going to do against an unseen, powerful, malevolent force? That said, I played the part to perfection. I pretended to go away. I let her claim a small part of her life back. Just before her anxiety diminished to nothing, I began again, this time more aggressive. Paintings fell, lights switched on and off, flies coalesced, and her plants began to wither and die. She called a priest. Pointless. That time, I forewent the usual pattern. Why? After the priest, I pretended to go away. Not even a few days passed when she invited company over. A male of her species. Tall and muscular. She hung off his arm, and he spoke softly to her, reassuring her that I was gone. He even claimed that if I wasn't, he would protect her. The absolute nerve. Him. What was this feeble little mammal going to do? They sat at the edge of her bed. Stella bought his lies. Foolish, dumb girl. Like all of humanity. Her eyes were red and wet. The cloud-like movements of hers were absent. Her clothes were rumpled. Her hair was frayed and unkempt. Even in this state, that fragile state, she smiled and pressed her lips onto his. I acted. A rage like none I've ever felt rose inside of me. Despite the windows drawn and it being midday, I plunged the house into darkness. I slammed each door shut and held them in place with my unseen power. This stranger, this unnamed male, I flung him across the room as if he were a mere stick. His body crashed into a mirror. Shards dug into his person. Stella screamed. A scream I would often eat up with pleasure. Instead, it only intensified her curse. That pain became almost unbearable. I redirected that feeling into the mail. Taking hold of his body, I slammed against him, wall after wall. Floor and ceiling. At least his screams of pain and terror seemed to feed me. Stella began banging at the door, crying out in sheer horror. Each sob stabbed at me. The male's body had long gone limp, 
but I did not relent. Pieces of him flung about the room, with each forceful tug, pull, and push. I finally let his lifeless body hover in the center, broken and mingled. Stella's blue eyes wide, her voice and body frozen at the sight. With a twist, I pulled apart the male's form with ease. Splatting the room with his insides. This stirred Stella back into action as she pulled at the door. I let her open it. She stumbled and ran down the halls. Crying and vomiting as she made an attempt to reach her front door. How dare she make me feel this way? How dare she curse me with such intense emotions? My anger guided me. I threw her off balance with furniture being thrown through the air. I always gave her enough time to get up. It wasn't enough. My anger, my pain, rang out through her home. Doors, windows, and cabinets slammed open and shut. The now empty pots from her silly little plants smashed against the walls. <laughs> She reached her front door. I held it shut. It was time to end it. I knew that. But I hesitated. Her curse made me take pause. I wrestled with myself. As I did all my actions except holding the door closed, came to a halt. So deafening was the sound of silence that even Stella stopped. Her tiny mouth parted. Let me go, she begged. I answered. Every sharp object in her home came floating into her view. Every knife, every fork, every shard of glass. I let her hear my voice. No. I see that was two years ago, from my perspective. And I haven't been able to eat since. So, Doctor, tell me how to lift this curse! The first step is knowledge. You need to know the name of the curse you suffer from. Speak its unholy name! Love. Let the flies! 
More specifically, grief. I believe you fell in love with Stella, and now- You know nothing. This was a mistake. Wait! Your name, Caliban. Do you know what it means? Dark. That is one meaning, yes. It has another. Son of the Witch Sycorax. Explain your point quickly. He is a character in a story. At first, he appears to be a bad person. He plots to murder someone named Prospero. A dark murder. A suitable name. Uh, perhaps more than you know. You see, Caliban in the story. He is also a poor judge of character. But in some ways, he's also innocent and almost childlike. He doesn't know any better. He was the island's only original inhabitant. He didn't even know how to speak until he met Prospero and Miranda. Miranda! It's not important right now. Caliban was driven solely by his emotions and his physical needs. He didn't think through the consequences of his actions. One could argue that he couldn't. He lacked the ability to do so. I fail to see how this connects to me. Grief. Your curse. It's like a language. Caliban, let me help. Let me show you another way. Fine. But should you fail? Much like this Caliban of your story, I will kill you. I accept. But for now, I'm afraid that we must call it here. It is late, and I have an eleven-year-old boy at home. If I would guess, his babysitter is eager to be done for the night. Session 14, end. Recording, end. I don't... What? Oh, and what's this? A photo? How interesting. Look, Charles. What do you make of this? This? It can't... I can't do this. I'm done. Ugh. Damn it, Donahue. This is too soon. Talbot, wait. Wait! I don't get it! What did you show him? Look for yourself. It's just a Polaroid picture! I used to play with Dad's camera all the time! Wait, is that... Caliban? It has subject 5... no, 45371B, session 2, written on the bottom. Let's go ahead and edit that. There. That's better! I think it started with a C. Oh well. Uh, anyways, I still don't get it! Why did Mr. Talbot get upset? A picture of a literal shadow monster that couldn't have been doctored. It's proof. Evidence that Charles can't unsee. <sighs> I think he isn't coming back today. So let's call it here, shall we? Eli, wanna go grab an ice cream? Yeah! I know a place! This episode is a product of Dark Creepers Entertainment. 
It was written by Christopher George. Script editing done by Dalton Lewis. Charles Talbot was played by Christopher George. Lucian Donahue was played by Dakota Hamlin. Greg was played by Kevin Linsinski. H. Gray was played by Michael Williams. Eli was played by Dalton Lewis. Dr. Olin was played by Peter O'Keefe. Caliban was also played by Peter O'Keefe. Thanks again, guys, so much for listening. We really appreciate all the support that we've been getting recently. Additionally, if you wanted to help out a little bit more, consider becoming a patron. You know, and enjoy Patreon rewards, such as access to scripts, as well as early access to episodes. That can be found at patreon.com slash thepatientfiles. If you can't afford anything, we understand, but please make sure to give us five of those golden stars or leave a review. We really appreciate it. You can also follow us on our Twitter, at patientfilespod, and leave a commenter there too as well. Until next time, stay safe, stay sane.